Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Gridiron Crew, an American football podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. The big dance is just around the corner, and it's Friday, so it must be time for the preview crew, and it's a special Super Bowl preview crew this week. I'm your host, Dan, and joining me tonight, we've got a returning guest in Ian, and we've also got the big chief refing bill when he turns up after he referees his football game tonight, so we'll catch up with him very soon. Ian, welcome back. It's your third appearance when you get your hat trick ball. How's things? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good to be back. Um, looking forward to it. Yeah, big one as well. But I feel 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 special getting to getting to come and talk about come and talk about the big one. Yeah. I know it's, it's this is my first Super Bowl with the crew as well. So uh, I'm like getting, I'm getting to host the, the the preview crew of the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I feel very proud of you. Thanks, Keith, for that. <laughs> uh, he must he must have something better to do than Pulled in to do it. That's it. <laughs> Um, hey guys, so folks, it's 155 days ago that we kicked off the NFL season. We are now just 40 hours away from Super just over 40 hours away from Super Bowl 58. What a quick season this has been. It feels as if the season has just disappeared in the back of an eyelid. I was looking at the trying to find a start, but if you remember, the Chiefs kicked off the season when they lost to the Lions. I couldn't figure a start whether the same team has played in the first game of the season and the last game of the season, if that's ever happened before. So anybody that's listening or watching happens to know that, I can find that stat. Let us know because it's, it's an interesting one. I assume the, the Patriots probably did it on their back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah, things so. The kickoff games always just a random. It's more recently they've kind of started doing... Is it actually? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Sure. The kickoff game used to be just be a random game. Uh, <laughs> I started the playoff or the Super Bowl winners. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this week the crew we recorded a couple of podcasts with the Chiefs fans and the 49ers fans uh, in the lead up to the Super Bowl. So they went in a lot of depth about both teams. So that's not something we're going to do tonight. We're not going to make you listen to the same stuff again. Um, if you've not had a chance to watch or listen to them, go back. Brian uh, done the guys, the Chiefs fans at the start of the week. Keith done the 49ers last night and both of them were brilliant to listen to. It's good to hear uh, guys, obviously having a biased point of view, but that's the whole point of the two preview crews to have those teams, but also they basically pick up the deficiencies of their own team. So as much, sorry, a neutral or a position fan saying, oh, I thought could do this better, but to hear your own fans basically breaking down their own team uh, was really interesting to watch and to listen. So make sure you go back and tune in that. Uh, so tonight we're going to give you a kind of overall preview without focusing too much on the team. We're going to talk about a lot of the stuff that goes on with the Super Bowl, out with the actual game itself, because there is a lot of stuff that happens that... Uh, it's not football related around the Super Bowl, which is which is good. We're also going to have some predictions uh, on different aspects of the game. Obviously, we'll pick our winners as well. So, uh, as the night goes on, just see how this this one goes for us. So, kickoff question. We're going to start with that. Ian, kind uh, of tradition with the crew. You'll know that from the run before. Gets it gets a conversation going. So, taking the NFL out of the equation, we know Super Bowl is arguably the biggest sporting event in, in the, the yearly calendar uh, as a one-off event. So. If you could pick either a one-off sporting event or a final day of a sporting event uh, to attend, what would you pick and, and why? Um, so I had a wee thing, Gail, and it came to me right away, which I think telltale, but I think it would have to be the 100 metres sprint final in the Olympics. I think it, that's probably the the one that would just, you know, just in that moment of being there and seeing it actually up close, live, you know, just being in awe of, I think you can really appreciate how quick some of these guys actually go at that time and things like that. So, I like I think I thought about like some of the football ones, like Champions League final and things like that. But team will never ever get there, sort of thing. So, you know, I think <laughs> ever, you know if you get to it, that's fine. It'll be a spectacle, but I don't think you would really like be like, oh, this is amazing. But I think something like that, this big arena, you know, the whole world watching and the fastest people on the planet. I just uh, I think that would be pretty special. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the ones that came into my head when I was kind of trying to think as well. And there's so many amazing sporting events that we've got across the world. And all I thought about it, I mean, there's a lot of sports that I don't even follow that I would think, like the final day at the Ryder Cup, for example, I think that would be amazing. If it's going down to the end, the atmosphere you always see, especially that last one, uh, or you say the Champions League final, World Cup final, things like that as well. Yeah. Uh, but I've got to say, as a massive wrestling fan, it would have to be WrestleMania for me. Nice. Uh, I think and it's a two day event now, so I'd have to pick my day, but yeah. Two days, please. Saturday and Sunday night now. Wow. It's <laughs> a whole weekend event now. You get, you get a Jeez. Friday night show, and then you've also been a Saturday, Sunday, and then you've got the Monday night Raw as well. So, wow. 
that, that, yeah. that's not all that. Yeah, you know. um, so, well, somebody just, well, somebody just dropped in Instagram. He's got no audio. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's why I've been saying that. This happened before. Keith told me, how did I fix this? Keith, there was an, idea, an issue before where I can hear Instagram as well as other people on Instagram, but Paul, I don't know if that's fixed or not. I'm not sure. Hopefully, I've, I've never done Instagram before. I don't want to hear it myself. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, is there any way I can do this? I'm saying, can I mute this tab? I'm not sure. Well, you need to run away. We'll see. We'll see. See if that makes a difference. Right, that might help. Hopefully, that helps it. I've muted it on my screen, but hopefully, I've unmuted it on actual Instagram. So, uh, thanks for the heads up with that, Paul. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we're running, we're in business with that one. Uh, so, Ian, so as a Patriots fan yourself, you've obviously had a, a few dynasties within your uh, time yep. as a fan of the Patriots. So, as this chief, this Chiefs team's obviously now on this run and been very successful. Where do you see them shaping up? And I'm not going to just compare them to the Patriots to an extent because the Patriots there's a long way to go before they get to that sort of level. But in terms of a, as a dynasty, are they a dynasty or should we didn't say that? <sighs> like, uh, I, uh, I think I think I think they're probably on their way. Like if I'm being careful, and I think. You know, I, I'm not a fan of the Chiefs. I, I I seen somebody saying like for a lot of Patriots fans, and I seen I feel like something that just made me laugh. It was like this is how everybody else must have felt during those times, is because I'm fed up with it. the Chiefs. I'm fed up with the Hobbs. That it's not that I'm like it's fed up, but I can kind of relate to that a lot and go. I can understand where the hatred then came from from that sort of thing. But like I think this year, the, the, you know, the Chiefs haven't been firing well during the regular season but they've still managed to come through unscathed performing they needed to and then when they got to the playoffs they just kind of looked like a different team and that's kind of how the Patriots done it for a long period of that you know like it's in last year as well they were kind of written off at the beginning of the season although this is the, you know, just the end they had a couple of losses and then all of a sudden you know they come through again and then, you know, this year, so bad start off to the lines, things aren't really going too well, the, you know, the receiving calls not the greatest, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then here we go again, they're back, at, you know, they're back there. So, and, and and they're doing it with not, you know, I'm not saying it's nobody's, but, you know, they, it's still, you know, they've got, okay, they've got Mahomes and they've got Kelsey, but, you know, have they really got, you know, a five-star running back? God, I don't. You know, you're not not the same. You know, maybe, but not at the same level as you know. Not, they've not got a McCaffrey, a Henry. You know, you know these sort of players. So they're, they're doing exceptional things by just doing the you know really well coached, doing the basics really well, and while while a team's doing that, like, I think it's very hard to knock them off. Their, you know, there's, there's nothing that's, there's nothing, I, I don't know, Holmes isn't going to drop off in performance, you know, yeah. that thing. he's just going to get stronger, more confident, you know, he's learning the game more and more, you know, he, he's not going to drop off, you know, Kelsey, much as, I, you know, I really don't dislike the guy, but in big moments he's there, like, yeah. you know, you, you can't, you can't fault, you know, that that's no luck, it's no, you know, when you, you know, he makes these grabs, he makes these moments, he, you know, he's always there. So, you know, looking at it, if you if they don't win on Sunday, probably a 90% chance they're back there again next year, or, or they're there about, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. And Kelsey that week, because you Kelsey, Kelsey was 13 or 13 in the playoff game that week. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know what I mean? it's just... It's when it comes to this time of years when you get these teams that are, you know, like they're, they're well drilled and they know what they're doing. And uh, see, I, I just it, it, they're not there because of. So initially, it was like you know they had Tyree Kill and things like that. And you're thinking, right, they've got these, but when they can start doing it without massive amounts of household names and it's purely down to their fundamentals and their coaching, you know that, that that's not going to change in the next year. So. Well, you know, it's it's then going to come down to that 
game in the playoffs and can somebody out coach them or, or just play better on that day and then that's just when it becomes 50 50 at that point you know so i, I think they're, i think they're well on their way unfortunately um another just, comparison a comparison i made with, with the patriots early in the season was that the patriots were very famous for having an elite quarterback and i would probably say average wide receivers yeah. tom brady still delivered year on year and, and that's exactly that's exactly the kind of what they can buy. Like you know what I'm thinking is like we done it with just purely down to coaching and fundamentals, and everyone believing in the one process, and everyone being bought in to that ethos and that philosophy and things like that. And when you've got all that, then you don't really you know like the, the, the you know talent doesn't outshine hard work and things like that. You know that sort of thing. So if you've got all these guys on that same boat, it's very hard to knock that down, you know, there's only going to be, you know, injury, you know what I mean, okay, does Mahomes back up an injury at some point, you know, is he going to miss a season there, you know, that that could be the seasons where the things don't go too well, but, you know, that'll be a, yeah. you know, a one-trick thing, but right now, you know, at times of a dynasty, I think, I think something would drastic would need to happen over the next couple of years to see them fall away, and whether that's Andy Reid, you know, I think well, there, was, there was yeah. chat, um, you know, kind of near the end of the season there, that he was maybe thinking of, you know, um, stepping away and things like that. So it, it could be that, you know, Reed stepping away, that does, does, you know, that has that effect where there's just that little drop off and then it's not, you know, but I would say it's, it's not a dynasty yet, but, you know, there's certainly or definitely on the way to it. Um, yeah, there's been a bit of chat, what you say is about Andy Reid, and there's also a bit of chat about, Obviously, there was a Jason Kelsey as he retired, as he retired thing, and there's a bit of chat is that they both of them want to retire at the same time. So, the Chiefs without Andreid and without Travis Kelsey suddenly become a completely different team next season. So, that's something to watch going forward. I don't know where we're going to get any great depth, but that's something definitely to watch. I think then there's the, you know, the Brady effect was that people wanted to come and play alongside him. And then you're going to have that Mahomes effect. People are going to yeah. want to come, come along. So, so you know, even even if you do lose the talent, you're still going to gain talent, and there's still going to be guys that want to come and yeah. play alongside that. Um, this is a back-to-back Super Bowl winners. Right? <laughs> they're going to want to come and play there. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. So no, that's good. Uh, Paul's Paul's listening. Paul Paul Stewart. He's a massive Cowboys fan. So shout oh, out to Paul. Oh, I know Paul. <laughs> I bring you use for a big uh, Pirates fan as well. Too. He's he's been a good point. He's basically saying the Chiefs are basically the running back Mikey Matty, which helps them as well. Because the 49ers without Christian McCaffrey suddenly they start struggling. Elijah Mitchell's there, but he's not. Yeah, he's not like in a you're relying on. But the, the Chiefs could uh, Pacheco was his number one running back, but if they change him and uh, McKinnon's back or Edelson comes in. It's, you're not going to get a massive drop off from Pacheco then, but from yeah. McCarthy, Elijah Mitchell is a massive drop off. Yeah. So that's yeah, something to watch going forward. Hi, Paul, I forgot about that. <laughs> Former teammates, I forgot he's yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul's I mean, yeah. one of the best coaches to do it. Um, so, yeah, Paul, 100% agree on that. So, next point I'm going to move on in. This is only two points we're really going to talk about the actual games is the 49ers to me, I just realised I'm looking as if I'm. Right with the forty nine other in my black and red leaves. Um so a, a comparison that um thought of it I, I read was that the forty nine have been building up towards us. Obviously they, they got close, but they've been building a team and basically I basically need that one key last piece to get it. And that doesn't compare of with with the Bucks, if you go back, the Bucks were building a team and they yeah. added that one key piece in Tom Brady. Yeah. So they had the receivers, they had the running back, I did Tom Brady, they got that key piece for a Super Bowl. But I know people have done that, they built a team, built a team, I did that key piece in Christian McCaffrey. And that so there's a comparison between those two teams there, which uh, is good to see. And that's kind of how NFL teams tend to be now. It's not you're you're not getting more unless you're the Rams where you just basically put all your money on the table and go all in in one season. Yeah. Teams are having to build for a good few years and pick up these players to get to that point. I think I think you know that approach also breeds that you know that's where the sustainability and the, and the success comes from because you know you, you then bring these guys in 
at a younger age and you get them embedded in what your ethos and your philosophies are and you know and then you keep bringing more younger guys in who they, they you know, and 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 you know that that is the good way of doing it. I think I think for me the Forty Nineers have, have built a really good team. I don't know, and they have been there or thereabouts the last couple of years. And but to me, I, I still it still feels like there's something missing. Like you know, I I don't know what that piece is. And you know, a lot of people will point to say Purdy and right, well, you know, if he's not got you know Samuel there or Ayuk or McCaffrey and you know then it, it, there's nothing, which. You know, it's still early days, you know, like you still what second season now. Yeah. I think so, it's unusual that an X factor in the team isn't the quarterback. Do you know I mean it tends to be the quarterback is the X factor? Uh, is Mahomes for the Chiefs, whereas yeah. with the 49ers, it's McCaffrey. And that's just very unusual to see that, that is the case. You, you normally have the superstar quarterback and potential superstar running back at the same time. Very yeah. rarely is it the the quarterback's not the superstar of the team, so I, I think what you're looking to there. Yeah, I think that, I think that can work two ways for you as well, because you know, you know, if if, if the running back is the, the you know the, the biggest threat, you know, if you're going up against Christian McCaffrey, then you're scheming towards Christian McCaffrey because that's the biggest threat in the pitch, which then means that your passing game is slightly probably more open, which then lets Purdy be able to show off a bit more what he can do and why he's probably doing what he's been able to do is because he has got something like McCaffrey there where you, you need to basically scheme and run first because if you're not shutting him, you know, if, if you if you if you let him break one tackle, he's going to break 15, 20 yards every time. So you you're you're going to have to make sure your run game's intact first there. Which if it is in the end they're having to play run first every time, then and you've got receivers like Samuel Ayuk and things like that, it, you then have that, that you've got that Ability right away to kind of have that kind of that bit up. So, like, I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, the X Factor not beyond the quarterback. Rather, you know, in the flip side, that the 49ers are probably, you know, scheming more towards keeping Mahomes in the pocket and making sure he doesn't scramble. Yeah. You know, make, you know, as soon as he gets out of the pocket, he's practically unplayable. You know, he has scramble abilities unreal. You know, you always protect. You know. The amount of times he makes a pass off those scrambles, or he'll run it himself and keep it. But if you keep him in the pocket, it's in a bit tighter. So, you know, they're they're probably going to be playing that first. So, and he he's going to be focused of all their attention, which can then be sometimes a bit more pressure and maybe take a bit more of your game away, which you can't show at times. So, yeah. I think I think it will. You know, whatever whatever one team's got. The NX factor in there's, there's the pros of it, but there's also going to be the cons of it because it's then highlightable and it's very, very obvious to then you know where, where a lot of the pressure that's going to be, and you want to have these other options. And I think, yeah, I, I just think sometimes though the 49ers, I don't know what you know, I, I've kind of not watched many other games because I've been later ones, but um, they haven't the ones that have picked up on very slow starts, just they seem to be seem to be very slow, you know. First couple of first half, it's not been great, or the first quarter, the second quarter, not been great, and then it's had to kind of come back and do a lot of things. Don't think you know you just can't do that on Sunday if you don't if you don't start fast against the Chiefs, yeah. get there firing on all cylinders, then you know you're you're in, you're in for a long night. Yeah, um, the 49ers need to do what they do best, which is get a lead. As soon as the 49ers with a lead are very difficult to come back yeah. and beat. Once they've got a lead, you basically need to throw against them. Yeah. I mean, and that's. Your run game goes out the window, and what it allows the foreigners to do is to play their run game more, which yeah. is what the strength is. So it is, a, it is one of those ones where if you let the foreigners get out in front, you, you've got yeah. a fight on your hands, which is, is the Chiefs really can't afford. They like have got a good and the foreigners have got a good defense. You know, they, they they have got a good defense. Um, yeah, but the Chiefs' D this year is kind of, I think. I know, maybe not for other people, but for me, surprisingly, I, I, I don't think it was one of the D's that I'd kind of looked at and thought, you know, it's, it was a pretty good defense this year. And they have, you know, been very, very good. So I, I think, I think, you know, any any given day is one of these ones. I don't know. Okay, Chiefs on paper, probably everyone's going to think they are because they've got the experience, and you know, Mahomes probably gives you that wee bit extra, but. Yeah, I think it's a tough one to call. Yeah. 
So what basically what we're going to talk about now is that the thing I love about the Super Bowl, and especially as a neutral when it comes to these games, is everything that goes on round about the game itself. So the game's obviously the game, but this, the Super Bowl is so much more than a game of, of football. So pre-game, you've got all the entertainment before the game. So uh, we've got Reba, she's singing the national anthem. I realise how big she was. 75 million records worldwide. She's sold. I didn't realise wow. the queen of country. But she's going to have to go uh, some way to beat, uh, oh, what's his name? Chris. Oh, what was his name? I completely forgot. I got something like that here. And it was uh, the Eagles game. Oh, Chris. Oh, uh, I'm trying to do it. I know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I've got his name in my head for the last 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> as soon as I got to say his name, Chris Stapleton. Oh, That's one. Chris Stapleton. Um, that was an amazing national anthem he sung there. So um, it's part of the, the whole pageantry of it. Uh, Post Malone, got to give a shout out to him. Big, yep. massive Cowboys fan. Uh, Post Malone, so uh, he's singing America Beautiful. Yep. And then we've got Andrew Day singing uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing. So that's even before we even get the game started, we've got all that. And then my favourite, but being a, a, a self-proclaimed playing geek, we've got the fly past. And yes. I don't know who it was this year. And I realise, and I'm absolutely delighted because anybody that knows about planes is it's the Thunderbirds. So it's the US Air Force Demo F-16s, which is going to be amazing. And if Jim Nance doesn't come out with the Thunderbirds Argo, I'm going to be raging. <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, Tony Romo, one of the two of them has got to come out with the Thunderbirds Argo at that fly past. That'll be an iconic moment in the Super Bowl uh, coverage. Um, just just, just, just constantly badging about to make sure he says it. <laughs> exactly, and I'm going to make sure that whoever's in charge of our Twitter account when that happens on Sunday night is going to get that put out as well because yes. uh, it's one of those moments where you just get that something. Uh, talking about TV coverage, this year we've got CBS covering it, so that is Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on them doing the games, Ian? Um, so Jim Nance and Jim Nance, yeah, you know, it's um, not really, I'm not really that fussed about him. Like, Romo gets a lot of hate, but yeah, when he first came out, you know, when he first came on, everyone was like, oh, this is brilliant, blah, blah, blah. Uh, to be honest, I, I actually don't mind him. Like, I, I can listen to him. Like, he is very insightful. He, he knows the game inside out. He's very clear to see. He sees a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I, like, I've, I've got no, I've got no qualms with, with Romo. Um, there's some other one, you know, I think a few times I can think Last, well, not last few, but when I was, you know, younger, it was Troy Aikman and things like that. It was all right. and I'm like, oh, he was horrendous. So, yeah, I'll, I'll tell, I'll take Romo. Um, uh, it's not, it's not Chris Collinsworth, that's fine. Right. Yeah, Greg, Greg Olsen, to be fair, he's, he's, he knows his stuff, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul's just did the exact same thing. <laughs> all right. I mean, Kevin Buckhart's quite good. Uh, I don't mind him, but Greg Olsen's just, he's a bit boring, but. Yeah, uh, when Tony Romo was, I mean, the inside, when he first came on, he was complete breath of fresh air. Yeah, players yeah, were going to go here, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And it was great. Yeah. But then I think CBS were like, well, we want more than that from you. We want actual analysis. We don't just want you to predict the plays. Yeah. There's a bit of chat at the end of last season where they're like, well, come on, get your prep done. Don't just predict what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I'm, I like I said, Tony Romo is obviously the next I, cowboy. I, I, I don't think he's got like a, not a calming voice or a bit like his voice. You know what I mean? It just, I don't know, it just, it just sounds football to me now and I'm just like, I, you know, I can hear it sort of thing, so I am. Um, yeah, he's one of those names now, isn't it? It's like, yeah. back and I'm not in any way comparing him as a broadcaster in any way to John Madden. But John yeah. Madden was like the, the voice of football. Yeah. And now you're like, Tony Romo's becoming one of those really popular voices. It's always been, like, you see, uh, Troy Aikman and... Um, Chris Collins. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know what names are, who always does it with Troy Aikman. I completely forgot his name. We also had people like Phil Sims and stuff like you had yeah. that kind of the older generation, but now Tony Romo's the kind of the new yeah. uh, guy on the boat. Uh, yeah. Do you know what else I'm looking forward to? Nickelodeon. I've got the well, slime cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slime stuff again. They've got the slime cast back. That's I mean that's brilliant. The way you get kids into the game is like, yeah, he's got a it's got a touchdown. I don't care, he's just been covered in slime. That's more important. That, yeah. have, have you watched them? Have you seen them? I've, I've seen. I've, I've never watched the game through. I've, I've just seen the clips back and things like that. What they've done. Yes, I mean, whoever came up with that idea deserves a massive pat in the back because it's absolutely genius. To be fair, you know, I've never watched a full game. I don't think you watch a full game doing it. When you see the clips of whatever's happening, yeah. stuff happening on the field and stuff like that, it's, 
It's it was the uh, like, so, uh, you know, some of that stuff is great. It was, you know, the, the Toy Story one for the London game was absolutely. Oh, that was good as well. well. That was like, that, like, that was really good. Um, to the point where you know my wee girl's form, like, I was able to share that with her, and she was watching. She, she obviously knows about football, like you know, in this household with me, but hardly been able to see it through something that she enjoys as well. It was yeah. like, you know, just sigh. So that that was that was really good. I never made your daughter and I love Toy Story. You'll <laughs> 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 we'll watch the next time then. <laughs> so I tried to read a bit of kickoff question just after that about talking of what uh, what shows I should do next actually on the season because that was quite that was quite interesting as well. Um yeah, I mean it's it's good and it's presented by SpongeBob SquarePants. Who else could you get to present Nickelodeon Slimecast and SpongeBob? Do you know what I mean? That's that. Um so moving on, so we're on to the actual game itself. So Referee this year, and we were talking about this before we come on, Ian, that Bill Vinovich is a referee who's arguably one of the best referees, yep. definitely the modern era anyway. Um, I can look at that from an objective point of view, with my dad being a referee, to be fair, with other people like, no, no. Um, what started, but it came up, was that he refereed Super Bowl 54 between the Chiefs and the 49ers before, so there's a wee bit of history repeating itself there. Um, Writers are slacking, the man. No, just repeating stuff. I'm not, no, get reading. We've run out We've wrote the script for the whole season. All the random stuff that's happened. Yeah, and I think I'll right. just put him in charge. He done it before. That didn't matter. Throw it in. The same two teams again. We'll just give them the same referee again. Um, but right. let's hope that we come the end of the game. It's the referees don't become the talking point because that's not what we want in these type of games. But it's no, it's not. And uh, I think. Yeah, you know, as a you know, I guess there's a lot of fans out there that will, you know, I always think these referees have got something on. But I think it's different, you know, when when you've played the sport and you you've been involved in it and you you know how fast things go and how you know just how quickly you know hand placements and things like that can be for referees to see everything every time. You know, it's it's impossible, and then. When you start going to cameras and you have freeze frames, you know everything in a sing, everything in a single frame looks can can you know it can look horrendous or it yeah. can look really bad, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm I don't I don't get too upset with a lot of these missed calls and things like that because some of the things are just happen so quick. There's so many bodies in there, and yeah, like these guys are these guys are doing their best. Um, they're not objectively going out there. And, Deliver yeah. to try to make bad calls and get bad press about themselves and then get hounded on social media. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the the stuff that comes with making these bad calls isn't it worth the Yeah. The, I, mean, the, I think all yeah. the average part I don't understand as well. Obviously I've got a unique point of view on this that as much as you've got seven officials on the field, every one of them has a different role to do. They're not all watching the same thing on the field. They're not all watching the ball or where the pass is going or where the running back's going. They've all got their own assignments. So Basically, if one person misses it, it's not as if because there was another six they should have picked up. That's not how it works. Um, you've got the referees watching the quarterback. He's not watching what else happens on the field. He makes sure that what happens in control. Yeah. And I think your average punter doesn't quite understand that. Well, well how did he miss that? Well, he missed it because he wasn't ready to look at it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but yes. Yeah, so, you know, there is some questionable ones when you go both. You know, but then that it then comes down to so, then that then becomes down each person's interpretation, you know. Like yeah. If, if you've got the law, if you've got the law there, then it's you know how I read the law and how I interpret it. It could be completely different to how you and how you see it. You know what I mean? Yes. So you can put the exact same clip up for the two years to watch, and the two years to have a different opinion of it. It's, yeah, that that is the thing about oh, you say make a football. It's so subjective. Do you know what I mean? And there's a lot of things, you know, and the reason why obviously they the review a lot of plays in the NFL, but what they can't review is what's called a, a judgment call. Yeah. So if he's got to judge what happened, it's not a black and white call. It's an opinion. You can't review that because, as you said, one the person's opinion could be different from somebody else's. Oh, there's Ross joining us. How are we Ross? How are you? I'm not bad yourself, gentlemen. All right. So like, well, welcome, welcome. We're just in time. We're just talking about referees. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite people. <laughs> uh, what we're, what we're just saying is we're talking about the, the roles of the referees and how. A lot of people don't understand that each official has got his own job, so they might miss something because that's not their role to look at that. And we're just mm-hmm. talking about how 
uh, with the review in the review booth, you can't review something that's a, an opinion-based decision. So they can review if it's in or out, it's a catch or not a catch. But whether the referee decides what it is or not, like holding or something like that, so again, that's all subjective. So they can't review that type of things. Um, Paul just said the reason for it is there's a shortage of officials and there's not enough experienced ones to teach the ones coming through. Uh, but it looks like we're going to be looking at next season before we even up the season after, uh, before we start seeing that change coming through. Um, yeah, so it'll be quite interesting to see how that plays out. Hopefully, the refs don't become a part. Hopefully, we'll see a lot of yellow flags and hopefully the game just flows. But it all comes down to the players at the end of the game. As a player, you, you'll know things happen in the heat at the moment. And, and I'm going to say, I was at one of your games last season where he's gave up three 15 yard penalties back to back. Yeah. Just, he basically, or more than that, he's gave. I think it was Manchester 75 yards or something like that in one yeah. series. But it all, it all comes down to the players keeping their emotions and not letting these things happen. Yeah. So some of the stuff, like, I've had my, my fair share of flags like, uh, <laughs> over, over the years. But, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah so, some of it is down to emotion. You know, some of it's, again, subjective. You know, what I, the way I interpret a block or, you know, Again, it's just different to like what the ref or another referee might think. You know, I had one a, f- a few years ago where um, I was lead blocking down it from fullback, and I was went down in the bad and realised that the the snap had been over the QB's head, and I get done for unnecessary roughness for you know annihilating the safety because they've said it was nowhere near the play. But like, how was I supposed to know that that hadn't happened behind me? Because I'm, as soon as the snaps off, I'm I'm, I'm away downfield, so. I was, I my dad that flagged you for that, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, to me, yeah. you know, that's a bit like... That, yeah. that's Things like that. Ones, it's like, yeah. come on. Things like that you can't control, but it's, it's the ones where the players, they let the occasion get the better of them and they need to control their emotions and yeah, keep yeah, themselves think, in terms of that. I mean, we've seen it with the Ravens. I, I think the Ravens... They lost the head. Yeah. And that, that blew the game for them. Yeah. And, like there's just yeah. no need for Zay to stand over that, you know. And, and, and the Todd like that's well known. Like you just you're just no going to get away with it. Like there's somebody going to be watching, and it's just stupid. And then you know he's trying to make up for it by the you know he's playing, he's trying to dive in when he didn't really need to dive in. And Aye. don't get me wrong, it's an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal play from the, the Chief Steve. But yeah, you know the, the Todd one just stupid. Yeah. Uh, Ross, how, 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 how do you think these players are going to keep their, their, their cool in a big game like this? Uh, you would like... I mean, I don't... I can't really see it being a dirty game. I, I think it's it's whether the refs kind of allow we things like... I'm not saying they should allow any kind of home going, but if it's kind of in the doubt of their opinion, was it quite holding, whatever, like, it's whether they can let it flow, but the players know as well. It's... Some of them might not get back to a Super Bowl again with their ages and that. It's, they should know that it, they don't want to cost their team. And also, I can't be bored on Twitter or X where rival fans of every other team being like, the Chiefs were given it by the referees. The 49ers were given it by the referees. It's the most boring, senseless argument in the world. Every team gets flags on them. Every team commits you know, fouls. It's just, it's just. I hate seeing it. It's such a mind-numbingly boring argument on Twitter. I'm so glad we got this bit over by before Studs comes on. By the way, because he's <laughs> no. always after the refs and the Chiefs. Well, I never give the Chiefs anything. I'm glad we get this bit over there before Studs comes. On. He's probably sitting listening, getting home for his game, thinking, "I wish I was on." Then this section. <laughs> Hey, talking about the ref, so the ref's obviously got an important job at that, but the first important job that the referee's got to do is to start against the coin toss. And I was, I was looking at some random stats first because we're just talking nonsense tonight, Ross, by the way. We've, we've covered the teams, we've covered the players, we're just talking about everything else that goes with the Super Bowl, apart from the game of football itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is, there's a big chief, wait a minute, we'll get him in. There he is. Yeah, the big chief's here. <laughs> Finally, you, you just missed us talking about the referees and how they gave the Chiefs everything. Uh, listen, I heard you <laughs> on the I heard you as I was going home. I put it on in the car, so I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> I was shouting Chris Stapleton as well. I
Chris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some right, so some stats for you guys. So I didn't realise that see last year was the first time in nine years that the team has won the coin toss has won the Super Bowl. Nine years? Jesus. The last team that won the coin toss and won the Super Bowl was the Seahawks in, in 2013 mm-hmm. 14 season. That's, that's a random start, I know. Um, so the, the odds, obviously, believe it or not, heads is evens, tails is evens. What's the chances of that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so across Super Bowl history, we've had heads 27 times and tails 30 times. I know it means absolutely nothing, but studs, what are you calling if you're walking out and you're giant Alexander for the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Walking out, even though I'm not meant to be there, <laughs> um, I'd, I'd probably go heads. Just well, to be I'd go love his heads. Oh, mean in, in my head, I was going heads as well. So, just me, I'm the opposite. I'm a, tails never fails. That's the way it is. I'm always, no matter what, tails for me. Hate that scene. <laughs> an, an interesting thing would be would you rather your team? won the coin toss and chose whether they received the ball first or second half or would you rather your team lost it and didn't have the choice nah, you want to win it in the fair I think would you think Ian um, so, so like interestingly like, this is something we, we, you know, we've been talking about recently that so like, when I've been coaching as a defensive coach I, I kind of want the offence to take the ball on the basis that you know they just settle into the game and it's not getting going, I find that you know if, if they do they'll go three and out or whatever then that's fine and then, you know mm-hmm. they can into it. But I can find you no, know, I feel like starting a game your defense on the pitch and if you you know if you give up a score on that first drive it then can be very it can be quite deflating or it can be you know, mm-hmm. it can be that negativity. Well, if the offense go three and out they go three and out you know they're, they're kind of used to that whether you know getting scored on just not exactly so. Um, so I, I would I would always want to take the ball um, just from that aspect and just get everyone out and just even you know chew up clock whatever you know just yeah I think having your D on right away and you know try to suss the game out not really knowing what's happening yeah and then boom you're 7 nil down right away and then your offence goes 3 out right away then your D's back on again and, you know well if they go 3 out first of all you're then get a chance to like re- You've got a chance to like rejig things for your next offensive drive, and if minimum your offense is coming back on the pitch, it's, if it's seven, that's fine. But you know what I mean? Like they've got they've got a chance to. They've already asked a second drive now, and you know they've already got stuff tweaked, that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think I think you want to take the ball. Studs, Pat Holmes walks out, runs the time. They've got time cost, coin toss. What does he do? He's deferring every day of the week, I can guarantee you that one. Um, but what I will say, on that side of it, I thought it was interesting and sorry to do this to you, Dan, but when you look at what the Packers done against the Cowboys, right. uh, oh, um, go, give us the ball, let's get a score early, um, put the Cowboys under pressure. And it's tying in with exactly what Ian's saying. It's like, um, that defence was, they lose the score, probably not something they're used to at AT&T, given their record as yeah. um, being behind. So, uh, fair, fair play to the Packers for having the balls to do it. And mm-hmm. again, based on 49ers' recent performances, I wouldn't be adverse for the Chiefs to take the ball first. Um, I see, and just yeah. start running on them. You've seen what um, the Lions done there, like the 49ers, they ran all over the top of them. It's exactly what we said earlier on. I just think 49ers have got slow starts in them, and if you know, you just want to go right away and yeah. let them crumble. I know, definitely. I was like, I very, but you never thought he'd be on here tonight talking about the coin toss and how it was going to go. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we we do wouldn't it be me hosting that pod with a wee bit of trivia, a wee bit of quiz? So I want to use a wee bit of trivia and a wee see, see, test your knowledge of Super Bowls. All right, so let's pull up a random thing here. Let's see. Um, let's go with first question: How many times has a Super Bowl featured a rematch? So how many times have two teams played each other? In the Super Bowl more than once. Shit a random number out. Six. I'll, I'll go ten. Ian. Eight. Oh, nine. <laughs> <laughs> nine times we've had Super Bowl rematches. 
Um, which teams get the most Super Bowl losses? Bills. I knew you. I knew someone uh, might say the Bills. I knew so. It's no. I just think <laughs> I just all those that all. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Who did you say, studs? Bengals. Nah, it's the Broncos, the Patriots. They both lost five. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, what cities hosted the most Super Bowls? New Orleans, Superdome, LA. Ah, Scott, <laughs> Scott. I was going to say something. Miami. Yes, Miami. Eleven times. New Orleans has got ten. And Hard Rock's only had it six times. Obviously, it's a reasonably new stadium, but Miami's hosted eleven times. And um, where is it this year? Vegas this year, Vegas. isn't it? So we'll be back in Miami at some point. Um, how many teams have played the Super Bowl in their home stadium? Two. 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 Bucks. Yeah, easy one. Bucks and Rams. Yeah. Who's the oldest player to play in the Super Bowl? Uh, Adam Vinatieri. Nope. Oh, that's a great shot. I like that one, actually. <laughs> is it that one for the Rams? Is, is what, it Brady? What, what, what? Oh, Brady. Oh, Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, 43 months. years old. Um, I think. I'm, oh. How much does a Lombardi trophy cost? Three million dollars. <laughs> One and a half million, I don't have the idea. Is it solid? Nah, it's solid all. Fifty grand. That's pretty cheap. I know. Is it? They make a new one every year. So it's made out of silver. It's sterling silver. So it's not exactly it's the most. Mm. Expensive. I definitely, definitely make a new one every year. Weighs seven pounds. It looks like a big chunky thing. It looks a lot heavier. Seven pounds. I mean, Brady was chucking it for that boat. I was going to say. I was like, seven pounds. I think seven pounds is heavier than you think. You think so? I went seven. I don't know the conversion, but seven pounds is like, what's that half a stone? That's all right. That's no for no for half. That's 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 a trick. I'll I'll put you as there. So as part of as a part of the 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 whole Super Bowl and then everything goes with it and the rise of a taz. We're also the halftime show, guys. I mean, the guys had a good chat with us last night. It was a kickoff question last night on the Forty Niners preview, so we're not going to get too much detail. But I still do. Could ask you the same question? Trust you, we've got Usher, massive, massive star. No surprises that. Here's a new tour that tickets go on sale on Monday morning. What would be the chances of that? <laughs> Who would have seen that one coming? <laughs> um, but without with too much time on it, Ian, what's your favourite Super Bowl halftime show of all time? Uh, I'm not, not going to lie, I don't really watch much of them if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> um, no thing, but I think probably in recent times it was, I mean, the one a few years ago with uh, Dr. Dre and Eminem. <laughs> Aye. Aye, that was that was something else. That was yeah. I mean, you've now stole my answer, but I thought somebody <laughs> would before it came to me. But uh, so I've got a backup one. Uh, Studs, what were yourself? For me, again, the Dre one. I thought with being in LA, that made sense. It was a good good show. I was no denying that one. Um, I'd probably go Prince. I thought the Prince one for going a bit further back was a was a really good one, wasn't it? Much into Prince at the time, but it was uh, it was a pretty pretty cool show. Ross, I don't like him answering it. J Lo and Shakira. I really that I mean that was a great one, but uh, <laughs> I really I really like the Coldplay one with Beyonce and Bruno Mars coming in. I think that's a belter. I get so underrated. Yeah, I'm a massive Coldplay fan, so I can I, I can even that one. That one um, I'm actually going to go to a band who are a huge band. I had never heard of him until I watched him at the Super Bowl, and it was Tom Petty. I'd never heard of Tom Petty. And I watched him at the Super Bowl, and now they're one of my mo- most listened to playlists on uh, Spotify. So I'm going to go with that because I can't go with, with Dre and stuff like that. So, uh, But we've got Apple, Apple Music doing it this year with Usher, so I'm assuming we're going to see some special guests because there's no way I'll just have Usher doing a halftime show. 
It would help. But I th- we thought we thought that last year with Rihanna though. I thought Rihanna would have had some guests and nothing. Ah, she kind of went solo, didn't she? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, Ali, I'm a few sucker for the halftime show. I, I really hope we get a couple of really good guests. Sean Paul would be good. You're <laughs> like, like shaking your head. Ian's like, what? <laughs> Just get back to the fucking. You're going to have to have a. Ludicrous is going to be there. There's no denying it. And little John as well, with his mad, raspy voice. If you look at the two of them on yeah, then something's completely wrong. I mean, I'm interested to see it. It's just, this is part of the. Folks, this is an NFL podcast you're listening to. Just in case you're wondering what you've tuned into tonight. Um, aye, so what, 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 what I was looking forward to half the shows. I mean, we could always have uh, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake again, couldn't we? Yeah, infamous wardrobe malfunction. Wardrobe malfunction that happened just happened to have something underneath it that, to show off that. Why was that? That, 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 that was just random way there. <laughs> no, it's all part of the fun and games. Right, guys, the Super Bowl, as we mentioned, there's so much goes on around about it, so. I've pulled up some crazy bets that you can get for the Super Bowl. Um, we're not going to really endorse betting on the crew, that's not worth it, but just for a bit of fun, we're talking about this. So, one of the ones that you can get, and I think it's really, really funny, is you can actually bet on what colour kind of Gatorade the winning coach will be covered by. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I thought Gatorade was orange and orange. No, it's... Ah, you get blue as well. You get red and pink. Red, is that right? White, all sorts. So purple is the favourite apparently. I don't know why, but that must be the favourite flavour of the players of them. Like, so you get purple, orange, yellow, green, uh, blue, red or pink, or clear or water. You can get a bet on them just throwing water. Just pick up the ring thing right. at the water. You get a good bet on that. Eleven to one. If you want to just bet on them pouring water over the head coach. <laughs> uh, Twenty to one. They don't get it. That's, that's just wasting your money because somebody's getting a Gatorade bath. Oh, in case you want to know the stats, right? Since 2001, there's been five orange, five none, which I thought I was quite surprised at. Four clear, three yellow, three purple, sorry, three blue, two purple. So, why do you, why kind of weigh up where it's going to go and what's been in the past? There you go, there's your, your runners and riders of what colour a gator is going to get thrown over the winning head coach. They've gone with the scriptwriters, obviously, aren't they, with the purple sign for the Super Bowl? Yeah. That's where the purple's been. It's not been the Ravens, it's the car again. Exactly. <laughs> <Lump> on. <laughs> Two red teams and purple Gatorade. There we go. We should, we should have known we'll that. Solve the mystery. We should put that bit on that at the start of the season. This is your new <laughs> Scooby Doo crew. I was going to even Scooby Doo, wouldn't you? I figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> He's too busy running past the Volivons and the Sausage Rolls at the movie. Fucking 10 million times as he's running down the corridor. I went and seen one of the other I don't know if you've got a couple of the other strange bets there but one that made me laugh was uh, it was about 5-1 to one for Kelsey to propose on the pitch to Taylor Swift which I think would be an absolute power move if they lose I would really because <laughs> it, com- <laughs> it would completely usurp the game just Kelsey and Taylor Swift engaged. I think it would be a fantastic move. One's <laughs> quite short on that. Like, you know what I mean? Five, like, I thought five to one was quite short as well. I was quite surprised. It's been mentioned a few times this week on Good Morning Football, and I think the day they were even seeing if he does it, what's going to be the bigger talking point, the Super Bowl or the fact that he get engaged? And you're like, come on. I don't think, I don't think he's the first idea. No, he's sort of this this kind of limelight, and he's just still getting used to it. I think that would just be. I don't think I said. I don't think it's his uh, his modus operandi. I don't think he would do that. Yeah. He's a very private guy, but yeah. that may be completely wrong. Nah, bang, he's all about. He's on, he did the bachelor or something like that, didn't he, man? So he's all about that. He's all about like giving himself a telly and stuff like that. To take a person, yeah. chasing, chasing Travis Kelsey or something like that. Something like that, man. Um, we all know what a score of gammy is. Yeah, 
Yes. Yes. Unique, yeah, so yeah. you're better on that. Unique. So to, to be a, a score of it's uh, 21 for yes, 101 to no. Oh. Uh, I, I don't know what there's, options there's are for score of gamme. Oh, they're counting 12. I like that. Uh, the score of gamme, they're counting 12, bro. I've always checked so that. Like, <laughs> I, I, want to know, like, I want to know where they work out the percentages from because it'll like, the game will be, the, ga- the game will be like, Seven three or something, and like, there's like a nineteen percent chance that it finishes thirty three twenty seven. Where is that coming from? I know they must be put. They must have a big database of all the score of gammies, and put these type of score and what's the chances of it being one of these? Yeah, I mean, it just gives you whatever the biggest odds are. Metal. And then, but you know, some of the ones you like, I've looked through them. And it's like this is the. The 800th time I've had this score, so it's always, there is some scores that are more common than others, but yeah. I, I like I like watching that on a, a Sunday. You can also go a bet on how long the national anthem will last as well. I've seen that one last year actually with Chris Stevenson when I was looking at the bets. Wait a second, I'll tell you that. That was one of the mad random trivia question points that I had with you. I find it. Where is it? Was it how many times it's went over or something? Uh, so the longest is uh, Alicia Keys, two minutes and 35 seconds. Wait a minute, it's the same song. How can it last different lengths of time? Do you know what I mean? Um, the average length is one minute and 50 seconds. So, wait. Alicia Keys, two minutes and thirty-five seconds. So, get a stopwatches out for when Reba steps up to, and get get on. I think I'll be a long one. Um, see how it's country singer. This the bit slower song sometimes on it. So you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, one of them was a country singer as well. Remember? I don't know what his time was. It was, it was a cracker. We spoke. We spoke about it on it. It's probably the best one that I've remembered. That was. I think it was. It was definitely under the bookies. I remember that. Aye, you're a bit on it, studs. Here's our start for How many Super Bowls have went to overtime? Oh, God. Two. Four. Nine. One. That's the what? Falcons, Falcons, Patriots. Yeah. Wow. Three eight three game. I, I Super that. Bowl games ever went to overtime. I was surprised yeah. when I looked up as well, but I thought maybe they'd been. I know in my life I couldn't think of any, but going back, I thought they must show they must. Ah, yes, I was the more thing, no, just the one. So that's crazy. Ross, as as a neutral, um, we're going to start getting towards predictions and stuff like that. Um, so basically, what I want from you is a kind of wee overview of how you think the game will go without giving a prediction straight away. Who do you think will get MVP, and then ultimately, who do you think will win the game? Um. I think I, I could really see it being a, a bit of a slug out defensively. I, I don't know if I don't know if we'll get the prettiest game back and forth, but I, you know, you've got Mahomes and I think I think he'll he'll find a way to get his touchdowns. I think the big thing for the Chiefs D is stopping McCaffrey. Uh, I think I think they'll hit Purdy enough. I think they'll sack him enough that they'll get the chances. It's but you've got to make sure you're stopping McCaffrey on the run. Because that's the big thing. And to be fair, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, like, there's big weapons for the 49ers. Um, I think I think if you look at it offense v offense, 49ers take it. But I think defensively, it's so, so much tighter. So I could see it being a bit low scoring, like maybe under, under 43 or something. I, I, it could be something like that. I don't really see it being a... Last year was 73 points. I can't see it getting anywhere near there. Uh, who's your who's your pick for MVP then, Ross? Um, Mahomes. Ian, yourself. So, it's how how do you see the game going? Um, I so I guess it's going to go two ways. It's either going to be a blowout for the Chiefs. I, you know, I think I think I've seen it a few times now. Just the Forty Niners, they need to start quick. Um, if they don't, I don't think they've got that. I hope. And then if, if they do start, you know, I think it's going to be a close one. I don't see them, you know, I, I don't, you know, the Chiefs' offense, they're, you know, they're not going to bust, you know, they're not going to be blown out or anything like that. So, yeah, it's, I think it's either going to be a blowout, Chiefs, or, you know, a, a close one. Um, either team, potentially, near the end. Yeah, I think it's going to be a blowout, Chiefs, or, you know, a close one. 
Who would you pick for MVP be? Um, personally, uh, I want to see McCarthy. I think it's this boy. This is what he's here for. This is what he came for. This is what I think. I think, yeah, I think he's just going to go out and give everything on Sunday. Nah, I'd like to. I'd like to see him take it. Studs, I'm not sure we know how you think the game's going to go, but how do you think it'll actually play out? You're on mute. You're muted, Studs. Right, sorry. <laughs> um, so I see for me, I think, again, Ian's obviously kind of alluded to it. It's about the 49ers starting slow. I think the last two or three games, certainly the last two playoff games, um, they've started real slow and teams have been able to run on them. So I think Pacheco's going to get motoring. Um, for me, I think he's going to be huge. Um, and I think it's that way where, similar to what we've done against the ball, against the Ravens, is if we build up a lead, I just don't see our defence losing points. I think there's only been something like three or four times this season that they've lost more than 20 points. Um, they're not a defence that loses a lot of points. So for me, I think, again, it's the, the word of the day just now. Mahomes is going to manage the game. He's going to be that game manager. He'll get us the lead. Same as we've done against the Ravens for me, and, and we'll, we'll go for there. Um, MVP? Again, as, as a quarterback award, so the obvious answer really is Mahomes on that, but I'd love to see somebody like maybe Ian obviously alluded to CMC. I, I'm kind of obviously talking about Pacheco. I'd love to see somebody like that one at like Pacheco or a Kelsey, somebody that's not a QB or. I think last year, um, I actually think if Nick Bolton, if that um, the fumble doesn't get called back, that he runs in for a second touchdown. I think Nick Bolton's um, probably close to getting MVP last year. So maybe somebody on the defensive side, like Snead's had, a, had an unbelievable Aye. season. So see Fun somebody thing. like him, if he could come up big again, I'd love to see, albeit... Part of me don't, wouldn't love to see it because it'd probably make the contract negotiations a little bit harder if he walks away with MVP. <laughs> um, but something like that, I'd love. I would love to see that as well. But like Mahomes is the obvious answer. But again, maybe Pacheco would be good or somebody in the defensive side. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a very fascinating game. And we, we said earlier on, like the foreigners are good at getting a lead and holding on to it because they force teams to then run. I'm sorry, force teams to pass which allows the 49ers to run, and they've got the best running back in the game, so it allows them to get a lead and take time off the clock whenever they want, and that's what I think the Chiefs need to watch. Against. So you say not, the Chiefs haven't conceded much points, but they're coming up against a completely different animal here. Um, I, I really struggle to, to see how I think this is going to go. I think it is going to be a tight game. Um, it could easily be a shootout. You know I mean, that's the thing with these two teams. It could, but on the flip side of it, it could easily be two defences that step up and to make the game as tight as it can be. Um, but you said, I kind of, I'd like to see some different win the MVP. Um, but probably you've got with someone like a Kelsey or, or a wide receiver is, someone's got to throw them the ball. So if yeah. Kelsey gets four touchdowns, so does Pat Mahomes. So Pat Mahomes is going to get the MVP trophy. That's just the way it works, unfortunately. Um, I'd like to see Kittle win it. I'd like to see George Kittle win the MVP. Uh, something that you said, we might different. And obviously, Studs isn't going to agree with that one. But uh, but I watched the wee interview he done the other day with him and his wife, and um, uh, it seems like a really nice guy. So I'm going to go with him. So again, you alluded it to it yourself. If if Kittle's going to be catching the ball, yeah. then it's Purdy throwing a bit. So for <laughs> Kittle to get close to the MVP, <laughs> Purdy's going to be fair, if, if Kittle's if Purdy goes anywhere near that, they're going to give him it just purely because Mister Irrelevant is now the Super Bowl MVP. The story, yeah, exactly. Story. I mean, so you know, the, the, the other the other thing, you know, the other kind of potential that could be is Nick Bosa. You know, if 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 they're able to nullify Mahomes and keep Mahomes in the pocket and then you know stop that offense, then I think you'd probably need to look at Bosa for that. And you know it. If, if he is the guy that stops that, then he's probably the guy winning the game, which then he's the most valuable player. You know, so yeah. I think it probably depends on how the game goes from a 49ers point of view. You know, and they need they need they need to have both sides of the ball firing to to you know to make it work. Well, yeah. It all depends if Bosa can bring his cell away for bitching about getting held all the time. So <laughs> yes. back, back to the ref again. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, what I found funny with that one was um, I was listening to Good Morning Football earlier today, and Mitchell 
Mitch Swartz was on, and he was literally saying, like, how do you feel about that? And he's like, ah, it's like, listen, it's like, if you feel that you've been harshly judged or held, then you hold that with you. He's like, he probably was being held. He's like, I'm not going to turn around and lie to you and say he wasn't getting held on the Jet Chip Wash play. Um, but he's like, he says, it's just the way the things move. He's like, it probably looked worse than what it was if he felt he was getting held. And so Mitch Schwartz was basically saying he probably was getting held. <laughs> I mean, if Nick Boss, if he's got a problem with getting held this season, he should go back and watch Micah Parsons' game tape for this season. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> got to bring it back to the Cowboys. Cold and not getting cold. That's what that is. Hey, guys, I've always seen something for last night's uh, show that you guys were Keith asked a good question. Give me one random play that's going to happen in this game. Ian, first, give me something completely random that's going to happen. Um, pick six is then stripped back. Ooh. Well, pick six. Let's go for it and then it's um, stripped back off. Ross? Um, yeah, Pacheco thrown touchdown. Ooh, As in well, he yeah. throws it, no QB. Studs. I think we're going to see a Kelsey lateral for a touchdown. We're going I to was get that play. That. We're going to get that Bills play that we should have had. <laughs> Tony was there just a complete moron. Can you just imagine he was offside again. He has WR one though, so he should know better. Apparently, he has WR one in Kansas City. Uh, not any worries though. <laughs> <laughs> it might be back on punt returns, but that'll be about that. <clears throat> I'm going to go with something very similar, uh, but I'm going to go with a uh, Brock Purdy touchdown reception. Christian McCaffrey, uh, Brock Purdy. Kind of Philly, Philly type thing. That's what I'm going to go. 49ers, 49ers play. Uh, right, we've already given our MVPs, which I'm assuming means we've already basically called who we're going to win it. But give us your predictions, Ian. Who's winning? And give us a score. Um, so, so my 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 head is probably leaning towards Kansas, but I want I want the uh, you know I want Sam Fran to win. Um, mainly just gonna I just don't like watching Kansas. They've kind of kind of took over from from where I was, but coming from a Pats uh, fan. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. I'm gonna go twenty eight, twenty four. Ross, twenty three, twenty. The Chiefs. I think two touchdowns first quarter, then a horrible second quarter when nothing happens. Start a third quarter, nothing happens, and then the last half of the third quarter, fourth quarter, will be a couple of touchdowns, couple of field goal to win it. Studs. Uh, I think I, I put a prediction earlier on the day on Twitter on um, some, so I'll go with the same same prediction, 27-17 Chiefs. Um, but as I, I think I've mentioned it before to you, you Dan, or on the pod, I think there's an eerie similarity to the 49ers run to the Super Bowl this year against the Chiefs run when we beat the 49ers in Miami where they've been coming for those double-digit losses. Um in games and they've been coming back. I think there's easy similarities, but I'll stick with the Chiefs. I think our defence is just going to finish the job. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be really tight and I think we've <coughs> predicted this a couple of times this season. It's, it's not happened yet, so I'm going to, I'm going to predict it anyway. Um, I'm going to have the 49ers winning back a, a walk-off field goal. Um, it's been a while since we've seen one of them, so uh, let's go... I'm only going to do maths on how these scores could actually, well, actually happen or not. I'm going to go 31 30 49ers. It's going to be really tight. I don't know how the maths adds up. That four touchdowns and four touchdowns and a field goal. Field goals. And that works. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. So let's, let's see how it goes. Oh, we, what would you think? A good game, guys. Studs are like, no, no. Good game, nothing. Win, win or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the worst game ever as long as the Chiefs win. Correct. <laughs> uh, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, this has been a good, it's been a very relaxed chat tonight. We've not kind of stuck to our usual kind of way of doing things because we've covered the, the football we've been previewed this week by the crew and um, by the Chiefs fans and by the 49ers fans. And it's been great to listen to, to seeing those points of view. So we've just talked absolute nonsense tonight, which I've actually really enjoyed. Um, Ian, are you going to the campus with the, the theme on Sunday night? 
I I am not no so uh, my my good friend and Pirates offensive coordinator Gordon Wallace it's his wedding on Sunday so I am I am at his wedding on Sunday for that um, and then I'll be heading home from there to and watch the watch the game in my house so yeah, it'll be relatively quiet. Excellent. I, as I was just there, the folks just go by Pirates Glasgow Tigers have got a joint Super Bowl party campus in Glasgow. Um, so um, if you have not got a ticket for anywhere else, get along there and join the guys for the game. Ross, what's your plans for the game? Um, I'm doing an early shift in work and then finish about four-ish, half four. Go and stock up on beer, snacks, debating whether to get a nap in and then... Because that is a very late start, uh, and then about 11 o'clock, I'm phoning a hoagie, and then should be here for the start of the game. That's my plan, sit on the couch. Studs, me and you, we're, we're in it for a long haul on Sunday, aren't we? Aye, we're in long haul, meeting at Bucks Bar, and then on the committee rooms for a live pod, I think we're saying half four meeting points. So. Ah, so we meet at half four, anybody, it's, we're going to have a live pod, but the, the committee rooms are very kindly extend their welcome to the crew to go and... Uh, Record the live pod. I think we're going to go live about half six uh, for about an hour. Record the live pod in the committee rooms and uh, join in with the party uh, in there afterwards. But a quiz and stuff like that as well before the game. Uh, hopefully, get a wee bit of content created over there as well. It's been very kind of the, the guys at committee rooms to invite us along. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. But it's, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a long day and night for us, but it'll be worth it. Aye, as long as there's no beer pong, because the last what was it the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl. When I was away with a few of the guys watching it, there was beer pong, and my I never saw the second half. I was lying on a table with my head against the table. Never saw a thing. Might know why see second half stood so I know a bad idea. <laughs> well, that could that could gauge how how hard they're drinking. To be fair, if the first half's gone gone bad, <coughs> then I'll just start getting smashed. <laughs> if, you're, if you're your beer pong cups are as good at catching balls, your wide receivers are you'll be fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I said, we've got Rashi Rice, he's catching things, and even MVS. Yay! Jerry McKinnon no back as well. He's been activated off IR, but I think he's similar to Tooney in the fact he's still a bit of a long shot. I think he's got a better chance than Tooney um, of making it, but um, I think he's still a long shot, to be fair. Well, guys, thanks very much for joining me tonight. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Hope you all uh, enjoy. Your, your Super Bowl plans and, and games and have a good time at the wedding, Ian. Thank you. Uh, folks, everyone that's watching, listening, thanks for tuning in. It's been a massive week for the crew this week we've had. This is our third pod of the week. We've still got one more to go this week. Um, we've brought you content from both sides of the, the fence and a wee bit of neutral until studs appear tonight. Well, we're fairly neutral tonight. <laughs> 75% neutral. <laughs> for 75% of the time we're on air as well. So we've done all right there. Ah. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Join us for a live pod on Sunday night. Um, let us know where you're watching the game. Uh, catch us on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere you can get your, your socials. The crew are there. Um, let us know where you're watching the game. Get us some pictures across. If you're in Glasgow, drop us a message. We've got a wee chat. We can, we can maybe arrange something. So... Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. We certainly will, uh, and we'll catch you next week. We may have a bit of a mop-up of the game, uh, and we'll talk about what's coming next for the crew. So good evening, folks, and I'll catch you all later.